Welcome to Bobcast number four. And we are here today to first introduce ourselves. I'm Dean Arnold. And I'm Bob LaBelle. And Bob is a really great guy. And Dean is another really great guy uh, here to introduce and talk with another really great guy. And that is our deeply uh, credentialed resume. Um, so here we go. Um, before we get into the substance of today's Bobcast, um, which is going to be, we're going to work through a, a Easter video idea you have, right? Um, <clears throat> so I thought I'd, we'd talk about a few other things. Current events. What do you think about this coronavirus thing? Aren't you a germaphobe? <laughs> maybe I am a little. Not as bad as Howard Hughes but it was, but uh, maybe a little. Okay. So, uh, yeah. No comment? No, I think it's... Uh, It's it's terrible. Um, that's it. I'm gonna stay away from Corona beer. <laughs> um, yeah, I will say that uh, the the news reports seem to be vacillating back and forth from it being originally uh, originating from bat soup and uh, snakeheads to possibly that. a. Uh, laboratory uh, a bio warfare laboratory in Wu that's the only one China has which is in Wuhan China uh, two US senators including Senator Tom Cotton have come out and said that it came from the laboratory uh, so then the question is is it uh, was it accidentally released or intentionally released and if it was intentionally released was it from uh, China for some strange reason or was it from China's enemies um, so it's a it's a really kind of a, an interesting thing to watch um never uh but beyond that uh you know this is this these are terrible times we got a chattanooga couple on that cruise ship oh do we yeah they've been out there how long oh i think it's been two or three weeks yeah. they're just now getting them off because they're realizing that <laughs> it's causing more problems to keep them on there than to take them off and nobody knows exactly what to do um what is that verse in psalm 90 uh the you know, the pestilence will not harm you or the the, the other things like that. These are good verses to claim right now. Um, and I'll just mention that uh, I've written a history of Chattanooga, and I think in there I mentioned that uh, some of the great Christian leaders, greatest Christian leaders of Chattanooga's history, uh, Tom T.H. Uh, McCauley, uh, uh, minister at First Presbyterian Church during the Civil War, and his successor, Tom Bachman, uh, somebody Bachman, but they both, uh, we had this yellow fever epidemic in the just post-Civil War, killed a bunch of people in Chattanooga. But they were out there, you know, helping people, serving, ministering, and they just defied the, uh, the epidemic and had great courage and uh, lived through it. Um, so that's inspiring to me. So, I, you know, we don't know what kind of tough times we got ahead for us with related to this thing, and we've got many Chinese Christian brethren who are already dealing with, with it there. But, you know, may the Lord give us courage. May the Lord give us favor. And uh, we pray for the uh, protection and healing of all those folks out there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, let's see. I think like I had another note here regarding today's topics. Um, oh yeah. Uh, didn't you guys have a meeting yesterday where you talked about a big uh, benchmark we reached with uh, Come On, Let's Go? We did. It was a brief meeting, but it was an announcement uh, that we have hit the pinnacle of 3,000 views of these great No, man. Costumes. No, man. No, man. No, Not man. thousand? <laughs> Good gosh. Hey, you got to get this a, right. Can I borrow thousand dollars? Yeah. We'll change it to a million. We need to find someone who can raise money for Come On, Let's Go. Yeah, I guess we do. I told you I was sleep deprived tonight uh, from last night, but yeah, it was millions, three million views. Three million now, views. I stand corrected. Three million. Is that amazing? Awesome. So three million people uh, came in contact with a clear presentation of the gospel uh, as presented in someone's story. Do you remember what the the YouTube Facebook breakdown is on that? No, but it's. Mostly used primarily YouTube. Yeah, yeah, and and let me just say that uh, <clears throat> some of you that are a little more sophisticated in these circles know that the uh, the the term view can be stretched a little bit. Uh, and with Facebook, you know, you, if 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 you stop for three seconds while you're scrolling your new, news feed, they'll they'll consider that a view. Um, but most of these three million views we're talking about are YouTube views, and we have a very high percentage of the length watched it's it's over half which is a really really large percentage and and some of our more recent videos like the entire thing is being watched which is which is really really rare but we so when we say 3 million views we really we really mean it i mean 3000 people are viewing these stories and these stories million oh yeah you I, did it now yeah i, I feel just, better just following my leader um Three million people have done this, and and uh, and they've they've watched a story that has a punchline that leads to Jesus Christ. So That's exactly right, pretty big deal. It's very exciting. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, lastly, before we get it to our main topic here, um, so I'm having lunch today with Charlie Weisong. Oh, great! And you set that up, and uh, who knows where that'll go? Great man. But uh, Charlie's a longtime friend of ours. Um, but. Uh, I kind of cut my teeth on ministry and pro-life. No, not ministry. I was raised by, raised by a pastor, but but on uh, cut my teeth on pro-life activism and pro-family activism, which is what I grew up in um, in my career um, with Charlie. Uh, Charlie Weissong was the founder of a group called the American Rights Coalition, which was a pro-life organization uh, that put billboards up and other types of advertising all across the country that said hurting after abortion, call 1-800-such-and-such, and, such. and uh, referred hurting abortion women after abortion to uh, doctors, counselors, and attorneys. The, the kind of the most important one for Charlie and his passion was the attorneys because he wanted to sue as many abortionists and abortion clinics as possible to shut them down. Um, and uh, so I came to work with Charlie as his first employee, and we we ended up having twelve employees at the national office, and we and we started with uh, no affiliates, and we had forty eight affiliates in forty eight states. Uh, in two years, the thing blew up. Pat Robertson got got all excited at what was going on. Wrote a hundred thousand dollar check. <laughs> 
uh, announced it during a share-a-thon, and so we, we had a lot of great moments. Um, but anyway, um, Charlie and Bob have been hanging out, um, and uh, so it looks like uh, I'm having lunch with him again today. It should be fun. you have anything to say about Charlie? Good man. Very inspirational. I think he's uh, said he's pushing 80, isn't he? I don't know if he's pushing 80. I'm going to go with like 73, 74. He also, uh, by the way, just very slight footnote, you know, just barely worth mentioning, but he's got 15 children. Yep. He's, well, a, he's a wild one. Yeah, he's got a lot of energy, and he's very focused on using his energies for the things of the kingdom of God to make our country a better place. So. Yeah, and he's had a he's got his mother just passed, I think, um, and she was like 106 or something. I think so. And uh, was just go, you know, just going and what do you how do you say that going and flowing? Uh, um, she was just pretty much. She was very active until the very end. So if you think Charlie's uh, 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 impact is over, I'm afraid not. I think we got about another 30 years. So it should be interesting. Anyway, so Charlie Weissall. Uh All right. So next on my list here of things to talk about in today's Bob- Bobcast is um, an idea you have, and you've been working on a little narrations and thoughts on it. But why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us about uh, this Easter video that you've been Mulling. Well, one of the byproducts of filming these great stories uh, for me was that it gave me uh, an even greater assurance of of my salvation. Uh, when you hear people's phenomenal stories of how Jesus changed their lives, and some were in uh, different religions that. Uh, would cause them great grief from their families uh, if they converted and they really didn't want to find out that Jesus was the way, but the, but yet they did find out and uh, their whole life changed. Uh, smarter people than me, guys like Lee Strobel, who was uh, uh, the um, editor of the Chicago Tribune and was... Uh, avid uh, atheist and here he is running smack dab into uh, I think this his story was his wife became a believer and he began to study the scriptures to show her that she was wrong and had uh, believed a lie and followed a cult and he ran smack dab into Jesus and had a born-again experience and found Christ and so when you read these great stories they just bolster your faith and uh, so my whole thought is that uh, when you hear people's stories, you're coming in contact with the power of the resurrected Christ. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So when he died, he rose again and uh, came, uh, sent his spirit to his believers and so we have, uh, the, uh, there's a New Testament verse that says, hereby know that we're sons of God because he's given us his spirit. And another verse, he says, the world sees me no more, but you see me. And so these great stories that we have captured on the Come On, Let's Go site are stories of the resurrection of Christ 
as is evidenced by people saying, hey, my name is Bill and I'm a believer. Let me tell you what happened to me. And they tell their stories and the stories are phenomenal. And I think I expressed to you a few days ago that when I uh, early on became a believer, sometimes being around Christians was a little embarrassing because sometimes we Christians can be a little flaky or weird. And you like you, you wonder sometimes, do we really have the truth as crazy as we act? And these great stories that we've captured actually uh, attest positively to the fact that, hey, uh, we do have the truth. There, Jesus is alive in you. He's alive in me, and he's alive in this one and that one. And the stories are phenomenal. The stories we've captured of the risen Christ. We have stories on there of dead people that were brought back to life, literally, and uh, people that, that were, again, atheists and agnostic and Hindu and Muslim. who People who up, see visions of Christ and yeah. get, come to Christ. Uh, it's great I, stuff. I, I don't want to derail you too no, quick, but um, it's all good. I, I know one of the stories that must be related to what you're thinking here, I, you've told it to me several times, is your father apparently uh, said to you a couple times, testified to others that uh, that he he knew Christ was real because he'd seen it change all these lives, right? No, that's exactly right. Why don't you tell right. that story? Well, I was plugged into the Teen Challenge environment through uh, an offshoot of Teen Challenge called Outreach for Youth in Columbus, Ohio. And so I'd bring guys by the house to meet my dad, guys that uh, might, might be driving around with me for a day or two who were just fresh off the uh, the, the uh, streets of the drug life. So he met, my father met a guy named Larry uh, one day, Larry Newell, and Larry was a uh, druggie and a acid user and uh, was telling my dad about that he felt like he had a personal relationship with uh, squirrels and rabbits from that he had talked to out in the field and was talking about flying saucers and crazy stuff. And my dad was... Uh, you know, humored the guy and talked to him and was kind of like, okay, well, brought, Bob brought a burnout home today. And then a few weeks later, the same guy's with me at the house, and now he's got a, a haircut, and uh, uh, he's clothed in his right mind, and he's having a conversation with my dad about something, you know, biblical and how Jesus changed his life. And about... Uh, Three quarters through the conversation, my dad realizes that this is the same guy he met before. And I think the way he realized it was me actually, dad's introducing himself, and I said, Dad, you already met Larry a few weeks ago. And he thought about it for a second and had this look, this aha look on his face, aha experience. He was like, this is the same guy? And he didn't want to embarrass Larry, but after Larry left, he told me, that's phenomenal. And uh, so one day we were at a public swimming pool, and I was sharing my faith with one of our old school teachers. And uh, the school teacher got insulted and said I was insulting his intellect, talking about a risen Christ. And my dad stepped in and he said, No, the guy's name was Mr. Click. He says, No, Mr. Click. He said, uh, Bob's telling you the truth. He said, I've seen evidence. And this is my dad's a bar mitzvah Jew from New York. And he says, I've seen evidence that Christ is risen. These, pe these young people's lives are changing like nothing else can change them. And so here he wasn't even a professing Christian yet, and he was witnessing for Christ. 
Cool story. Well, that is uh, that that's totally relevant to what we're talking about. Just as a quick humorous aside, wouldn't you have to say that the haircut is key for an old school guy like your dad? Got the haircut. You, know, you got the haircut too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yep. That's right. The last $40 I made from the last uh, drug uh, deal that I did as a kid, I used the money to get a haircut and buy a Thompson Chain Reference Bible big enough to choke a mule. Awesome. Awesome. And I came awesome. home with a haircut and a Bible. And there said, we hey, go. I got saved. It's all about the haircut. I was going to say beard cut, <laughs> but I figured you'd stop the the the. the the, the uh, video. I don't think here. the old school guys care so much about the beard. I mean, they well, maybe a little so. bit. It's mostly the haircut. <clears throat> In fact, you can probably get away with long hair if you have a long beard. But this is a whole other discussion. Um, yeah. So okay. So let's uh, analyze what you're talking about here. What you're trying to say is that one of the aspects of the truth of Christianity and the evidence of Christianity and the evidence of Jesus Christ having resurrected from the dead is that we see other people's lives change radically and testify to being followers of Jesus Christ that this is um, so it's so what you're saying is not it's not just about examining the historical documents and looking at the gospels and all that kind of stuff and kind of see if you know, I mean, that's all good stuff. Josh McDowell, uh, evidence that demands a verdict. Uh, I forgot the guy who wrote wrote the book. Uh, who who moved the stone? Who who moved the stone? Ned, somebody. <clears throat> all those kind of books. I mean, those those are good. There's a place for that. But you're saying sure. beyond that, let's look at what's happening after 30 A.D. or 33 A.D. Whatever year that was. Uh, but every year and constantly we've got all these people whose lives are dramatically changing and they are saying it's because of Jesus Christ. That's right. And you're saying this also is a proof. Absolutely. Of the reality of Jesus Christ, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. First John says that, uh, says that which we've seen, heard, and handled of the word of life, that declare we unto you. So it's the experience of like uh, Paul on the road of Emmaus that con is confronted by Christ and has a a, a uh, road to Damascus. What did I say? Emmaus. Yeah, three, ma three million, not three thousand. Yes, road of Emmaus. I mean, what Damascus. Is it? On the road to Damascus. Whatever it was. Anyhow, <laughs> on the road, you know, where he saw Jesus. But anyhow, so and he ended up. Uh, uh, great apostle and touching a lot of lives uh, for the kingdom of God. So it's, it's, there's power in people confronting the resurrected Christ and him confronting them and their lives changing. So one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Mary, uh, who's in the garden looking for Jesus after uh, his crucifixion and burial. And she sees a man and supposes him to be a gardener. And says, "Sir, have you do you know what they've done with Jesus?" And uh, he just looked at her and he said, "Mary." That's all he said. Called her name, and that was it. She was changed. And uh, I love that verse. But uh, God is calling people's names today, hmm. and He's saying, "That's good preaching." Yeah, man. He's saying, <laughs> "Dean." He's saying, "Bob." And when He calls your name, you know it, and your life is changed. So others may doubt that Christ is risen. But 
those people know that he is because he's spoken out their name and uh, revealed himself to them. And we've captured these great stories on Come On, Let's Go, and we've sent them out all over the world in cyberspace and on YouTube and on Facebook. And like we said the other, a few minutes ago, we've reached three million people so far that are viewing these great God stories. And the Bible says that the word doesn't return void. So when people hear these great God stories, encounters that other humans have had with Christ, it makes an impact. And uh, the Bible says some sow the seed, some waters, and others bring in a harvest. So uh, we're regularly reminded of how powerful the Word of God is and testimonies are to change lives. And that's all that we can do is, is sow the seed in the Holy Spirit uh, does the convicting. Amen. Now, let me give you some pushback. Um, just an interesting thought um, that I've kind of had come up just as you were sharing. This is a totally valid uh, uh, line of thought that we're going on here. Um, but I also want to talk about, get into the head of the, uh, I thought of this when you were talking about Lee Strobel. You know, Lee Strobel, awesome story editor of the Chicago Tribune and atheist, and he looks into it, and he converts to Jesus Christ. Uh, that, And he's of a generation that was more prone to believing their worldview and then either sticking with their worldview or examining other things and switching. We live in an age now where a lot of the young people I think it's a Hindu or a Buddhist uh, ultimate worldview. I'm not sure. I have to look into that. But they don't really believe in anything. They don't believe in atheism. They don't believe. They just believe. They just. They just like jellyfish slime, um, and and so for them, when they hear a story of a Lee Strobel, they're like. Well, that's good, man. That's his truth, man. Yeah, he, you know, okay, that's his story. It don't mean nothing for me. I got my story. I know whatever. Um, so that's an interesting. Um, now I'm told you may know more about this than I do. Um, it's either Buddhist or Hindu or both. I think it's Hindu, but if uh, if you deal with uh, Hindus in India, and you talk to them about Jesus. Like oh yeah Jesus Jesus yeah Jesus Jesus is God yeah man, and they'll they'll be very enthusiastic and encouraging and that kind of stuff and then you find out that they also believe in two hundred forty other gods. That's Hindu. Yep. Okay yeah and and they'll have all these little statues and all that kind of stuff that kind of stuff so that uh, that's kind of that's kind of where the younger generation is today. So um, I I don't think it takes away. I, you know, I, I I'm just I'm just saying that we we live in different times, um, and it, it may actually be that your point of all these stories of people's lives changing to Christ may be actually be more impactful for that generation, um, because maybe in the previous generation we focused more on Josh McDowell's book and you know who moved the stone by Ned, uh, what is Ned's last name. Um, and, and all these other things, but uh, anyway, that's just the th thought. You got any thoughts on my not very cogent thought? Well, what's the uh, bumper sticker that talks about all paths that lead to the 
same place. What's that movement called? Coexist? Yeah, the coexisting movement. I mean, that's in a in a another way, that's kind of what we're saying, but uh, with a different ending. And that is that Hindus, Buddhists, all kinds of Eastern religious, agnostics, atheists, uh, all these different groups, former cults from Jehovah's Witness to Mormons, all these different people are all saying now that they believe in Christ. So I think your point is, is really well taken. Well, you started to say that it was kind of maybe against it, and you said it might actually be for it, and I think that proves it, that uh, all these different people from all different walks all end up serving Jesus Christ, and I think that's a uh, amazing great point of the, of the power of what we're doing of sharing our stories is that it has perhaps more savvy than, than uh, in some cases than the greatest uh, apologist sharing, uh, you know, great truths from the scriptures. So the uh, power of a testimony is phenomenal. What's going on here? I got a little cancel, do not leave meeting. I'm back. Okay. Uh, It wasn't Ned. Ned, it was uh, Frank Morrison is the is the guy who wrote uh, the book Who Moved the Stone. That's close to Ned, you know. Now I'm going to figure out who Ned Stonehouse is. <laughs> They're okay. There's a New Testament scholar named Ned Stonehouse. Okay, that is what sure we're doing there here. Is. Okay. Uh, did you did, did you work on an actual narrated script or did, did you not get that far? No, I don't really have a script other than we have lots of great stories and I feel like we can share on our Easter production, the uh, all these people's search and then their answer that they found Christ. So you, you yeah. see the Buddhist, you see the Hindu, you see the Jehovah's Witness, you see the atheist, all saying how they were looking for God, and they all tell you how they found out that. Yeah, was yeah. Jesus. We we, I, we had one Buddhist. Uh, her name's Cat. Who who uh, I mentioned earlier. She she saw a vision of Jesus Christ. She was at a Buddhist worship service, and out of the altar is this vision of Jesus Christ, which leads her to commit to Christ. Um, we've, we've, um, we've got, uh, you can almost say that it's two different categories, not necessarily, but, but we've got a lot of stories about people overcoming addictions, you know, and, you know, personal problems and relational problems and, and all that through Christ and, and a new life in Christ. And then we've got another set of stories, much smaller, but still awesome that are, you know, what you'd call converting to Christianity from other religions. Mm-hmm. We, we've got atheists, Hindus, Buddhists, uh, you name it, uh, communists. Uh, uh, what, what, uh, what else? Jews for sure. Yeah. Muslims, Mormons, Mormons, Jehovah's uh, witnesses, Jehovah's witness. I think I can't remember I that. One. Yeah. But, but, uh, and that's really a different category of story, but it's a very, but these are all very interesting stories and, uh, very important. Um, and I think it's related to what you're saying for sure. Uh, we'll have to comb through those and see what we can find, um, in terms of a compilation or something, but, um, uh, yeah. Um, 
one switching from one religion to another and switching to Jesus Christ. And there's a whole thing. Well, we don't want to get into it today, but it's a, there's a whole theological discussion to you know it, it, to what degree is Christ revealed or known to some degree in every religion, and that and the people in them, you know, if they push and if they keep searching, will will find Christ. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Um, uh, you know, the you poke around religions like Buddhism, you know, you'll, you'll find uh, things that point to Christ. And you got stories of Buddhists who try to become the best Buddhists they possibly can. And the more they push and the more they push, they find themselves following Christ. You know, and many Jews do that as well. Um, and, but Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And earth, his handiwork, and Romans, I think chapter 1, says the same thing. And so you look around and you study everything. Christ is everywhere. Uh, and, and he's even in the midst of these uh, religions that are um, uh, the false religions. He's, he's there if, mm. you, if, you, if you find him, um, you know, if you look hard enough. And so, um, you know, I guess I'd like to think that any any Mormon, any Jew, any Muslim, any Buddhist who really wants to find God is going to begin to see those slivers of Christ. Even uh, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien would, would talk about that in, in pagan literature and pagan myth, that Christ, Christ was in all that, um, you know, if you're a seeker. And then, you know, I'm not saying that that uh, Christianity is not the true religion, and that I'm not saying that every person in every other religion doesn't need to become a Christian. I definitely believe that. What I'm saying is, if you're in one of those places and you truly have a seeking heart, uh, and you really look, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself a Christian. Um, man, I think we've gotten into some deep weeds here. You know, <laughs> I told you we need to bring a theologian in for this. Um, but anyway, uh, but we've got we've got a number of great stories that come on. Let's go that that deal with this, and we'll. S- keep looking into uh, uh, a way to um, demonstrate that uh, and tying it in with the Easter story. So you got any other thoughts? The power of a God story and the power of the resurrection. I think it's all, all, all one. It's all the same. And uh, we're excited that we're able to reach out with these great God stories. We're filming stories in uh, churches all over uh, the Chattanooga area, and now we've come up with a new app so people can go online and film their own story. That's a that's a podcast we'll we'll need to do in the next few weeks. Yeah, so people can actually film their own, and so we are gathering amazing stories, and then we're uh, promoting those stories two ways through paid advertising and also through organic sharing on on social media. So. We're fulfilling the Great Commission, and we're, pro- we're providing a tool for Christians to fulfill the Great Commission. And, and, Dean, if there was ever a time that Christians needed to tell the story and not be silent, it's now. Uh, there's a bunch of us that are tired of only being able to like something on Facebook, and now we can do something a lot more aggressive, a lot more assertive, a lot more impactful, and that's to share a story, a, a great God story. 
and you have helped write great captions for these great stories. And so we, we post these on our social media and people see this amazing caption and they go, God, I got to listen to this. And so uh, next thing you know, they have the seed of the gospel planted in them. And uh, that's exciting. I'm, I'm more excited about this than I've ever been. And we get to reach people for Christ and truly fulfill Matthew 4.19 that says, "Follow," where Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And we're fishing for men with great, captivating, intriguing God stories. And uh, we're, all those viewing today, you can be a part of it and uh, you can join the big share and, and uh, fulfill the Great Commission and help change our country because the gospel and uh, revival back to, to uh, uh, the old-fashioned uh, gospel of Jesus Christ is what's going to change our, our country. It's the only thing that can change our country. All right. Um, I think we got everything we need for today. So uh, thank you for uh, being with us today on Today's Bobcast.com, you can go to and visit us there or just search for Bobcast and some of the search engines, whether it's uh, iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and uh, you'll find us there. Um, and we will see you next week. <laughs>